You're a good hands, Mathis. She used to be fashion coordinator to King Tut. Yeah, monitor his funny bone for any signs of mending. My good man, I'm not a GI, I'm an MD. If opportunity knocks but once, you better go to bed with your pants on. Hey, MASH fans, time for another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, my good pal, Simon. Hi, gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 10, Episode 3, Identity Crisis. It's the 221st episode overall, directed by David Ogden Steers, written by Dan Wilcox and Thad Mumford, originally aired on November 2nd, 1981, and the production code is Z423. Once again, it's a Z, which is last season's. Last season's, okay. Yeah. Is this too tight? It's fine. You're in good hands, Mathis. She used to be fashion coordinator to King Tut. Hey, that joke is 4,000 years old. You at least give it a smirk of respect. Uh, Don't stop there. Cover that whole tattoo. I don't ever want to see it again. That's no way to treat a lady. You just got a Dear John letter. The only thing I got left of Gloria is her name on my arm. Dear John letters are another painful part of war. Happens a lot. Well, not like this. Listen. I'm engaged to Rob Webster. I doubt you know him, but perhaps you've heard of his family. They own the bank. I'm sure you can understand why it would be best if prominent people like that didn't know about my relationship with you. If you really do care for me, you won't mind sending back my picture. Well, isn't she one for the money? What a scheming little social climber. I can't really blame her. I am a nobody. That little hussy's the nobody. You're a brave young man fighting for your country. Nice try, Major. It must have been nuts to think she'd wait for me. Hey, take it from old love him and lose him. You'll soon forget what's her name. Listen to this man. He's a doctor. Margaret, can I see you a minute? Be right there. Uh, anything else? Yeah, monitor his funny bone for any signs of mending. Uh, plot summary for this episode. Father Mulcahy, he counsels a guilt-ridden GI who swapped tags with a dead colleague. BJ and Charles consider ways of keeping a soldier salesman quiet while Hawkeye and Margaret help another GI get even with the woman who jilted him. I think we've sorted out Levin's transfusion confusion. What was it? Well, if a guy's got B-positive blood, it'd be nice if his dog tags didn't say A-positive. Mistake on his dog tags? Sort of a blood typo. Didn't you know they were wrong? No, ma'am. Don't worry about it. Most guys don't know they have a blood type till they see these things. Yeah, that's it. So, Margaret, we have a decision. Either we get Levin new tags, or we drain him and refill his body with A-positive. We'd better get those new tags before you go back on the line. No, I'm not going back there. Oh? I mean, I'm uh, going home in two weeks. I got my orders in my wallet. You lucky wow. devil. All the same, we better have I-Corps do a rewrite on those dog tags. Major? Major? Well, Corporal Rice, how's that shoulder doing? Can I have my field pack? <laughs> it's impolite to answer a question with the question. I believe I asked about your shoulder. Uh, it's fine. Now, please, give me the bag. Uh, gently, gently, you're going to rip your sutures. <laughs> Just, uh, what is in that sack? Your key to security. I beg your pardon? The name's Alvin Rice of Whedon, Weber, and Dunsmuir. Investment counseling and mutual funds. Mutual funds, eh? Have you thought about your future? You'd be surprised how many GIs in your position haven't. My good man, I'm not a GI. I'm an MD. MD, GI, it's all... Okay. As I always say, if opportunity knocks but once, go to bed with your pants on. Are you having a bad reaction to your medicine? 
Listen, Doc. Back in Kansas City, I was on my way to being Whedon Weber's Salesman of the Year when my guard unit got activated. But, as I always say, a rose in a minefield is still a rose. Just step lively. <laughs> now, if you've got a family, I'd strongly recommend a growth fund. Not just now. Save your strength. Try to get some rest before the market opens. Save that. All right, for guest stars, we have Dirk Blocker, who plays James Mathis. He earned his first regular TV role on Ba Ba Black Sheep from 76 to 78, playing pilot Jerry Bragg. He stars as Detective Hitchcock on the Fox NBC comedy series Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joe Pantoliano plays Corporal Gerald Mullen. Now, aftermath, he got the role of the pimp Guido in 1983's Risky Business. The criminal Francis Fatelli in The Brilliant The Goonies. Nice. Uh, record producer Bob Keane in L.A. Bamba and bail bondsman Eddie Moscone in 1988's Midnight Run. He portrayed Norby in Baby's Day Out. Deputy U.S. Marshal uh, Cosmo Renfro in both 1993's Fugitive and its sequel, the 1998 U.S. Marshals. Other roles include Caesar in Bound, Cypher in The Matrix, Teddy in Memento, Captain Conrad Howard in the Bad Boys franchise, and of course Ralph Sifatel uh, uh, during seasons three to four of The Sopranos. And he's seriously, definitely wearing a wig in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so amazing because you see these people and you don't realize. Yeah, who they and then we, uh, Goonies. That's where I recognize him. I knew like, he looked familiar, and I couldn't pinpoint where it was. And when you yeah, said yeah. Fratelli from Goonies, I was like, "Oh my god, that's him!" So that's yeah, it. yeah, and 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 that, and, and it, the, the joke in uh, the Goonies, of course, is that he keeps losing his wig. His wig, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah so he's yeah. not afraid to show that he has, <laughs> he has very little hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Squire Fredell, who plays Corporal Alvin Rice. Uh, he's an actor. Uh, co-owner and operator of Glen Lyon Vineyards, perhaps best known for his infectious enthusiasm display in over 3,000 television commercials. Wow. I know, 3,000. That's a lot. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of uh, residual money yes. we need for him now. <laughs> and Jeff Maxwell returns as Igor Sriminski. And, of course, Kelly Nakahara returns as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato. Joanne Thompson returns as Nurse Joanne. And we have Sherry Sabab, who also returns as Nurse Sherry. And finally, Bill Snyder returns as a driver. There we go. They had to foul up a guy's dog tags. Why couldn't it have been his name? Nobody ever died from getting the wrong mail. With the exception of draft notices. Uh, sounds like the Army could use a lesson in administration from one Corporal Rice of the firm Whedon, Weber, and Who Cares. Uh, that guy's a real cutie. He's got his arm in a sling, and he's twisting everybody else's. He tried to sell me something called Security Fidelity Fund. I just don't trust that name. I suppose one should admire his spunk and originality, but what kind of an idiot would invest hard-earned capital with a foot slogger? <laughs> I just made one of the smartest decisions of my entire life. Any of you fellows familiar with Security Fidelity Fund? <laughs> Margaret, friend and client to the foot slogger. You didn't really buy anything from that guy. 60 shares. Why? Is anything wrong with Security Fidelity? Margaret, you should know better than anyone. There is no security in fidelity. Ah, uh, go ahead, laugh now. But we'll see who laughs last when I'm sitting pretty on Easy Street. One thing I know, if opportunity knocks but once, you better go to bed with your pants on. Well, I'd better go and change. I'd be mortified to meet opportunity dressed like this. You think you're the only one who wants to be rich? Well, I hate to scoff and run, but I gotta get the post up. Is there anything I should know? No, everything was fine when I left. 
But I'm sort of worried about Jim Mathis. He's still so depressed over that little gold digger. You're really concerned about him, huh? Call me an old softy, but I think that woman ought to be tarred and feathered. Gee, Margaret, you're beautiful when you're vicious. Somebody ought to do something to even the score with that scheming witch. Quiet, Mrs. Desaad. I'm thinking. All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. All right, well, I gave it a 7.5. Right. I actually enjoyed this episode. Again, like this bunch, you know, as we've mentioned previously, we watched about six episodes at a time. And with this bunch, they were all good. I don't think I disliked any. I don't think I loved any of them. Uh, but this was another one that was just, it was a fun episode. I'm glad it was kind of Father Mulcahy centric because you know he's one of my favorite characters. And he doesn't always have the best storylines I think. And I found this interesting because I'm sure this happened in real life where people would still dead body dog tags. Yeah. Especially if they were going to go home in two weeks. Uh, but but I'm glad, I'm glad he was able to get through. I liked the conversations with them. I liked you know, the turmoil that, that Farlam he was in, and he goes to Potter to talk about it, but then Potter being Potter just talks without even hearing the question and kind of gives an answer or a, a way, a solution for him to figure it out. Loved, I loved Winchester's scheme to keep the guy quiet. Yes. <laughs> um, that was amazing. That was, that, that was, that was perfect. I loved also the picture of, of uh, or the idea of getting the guy tons of pictures to send to the girlfriend mm. or to the uh, ex, I guess. Uh, yeah. So that was really a good idea for, for Houlihan to do that. Again, not a whole lot happens in this. I mean, the main storyline is, I think, the the guy who stole the identity. Yeah. The other stuff is just more my... I mean, yes, the, the guy who was, you know, the salesperson was extremely annoying. And I can't believe he was doing that in in a mash unit. I mean, <laughs> that just seems... Well, he's continuing to sell mutual funds while being an army man. That just yeah. seems so bizarre. And I like that some of them fall for it. You know, you have Houlihan who does it and Potter and there's Kelly and, uh, you know, some of these people do actually fall for it. I don't know if it was a scam, but, you know, mutual funds are, are iffy. I don't know if you guys have mutual funds over in the UK. No. But, well, yeah. we, I suppose we might we might have, but I, I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're, you know, they're supposed to be more secure than, like, stocks, because stocks can go up and down. Mutual funds yeah. can g- gradually increase, and th- there's less chance of them dropping. So they're more for the long haul, for, you know, oh, right. 30 years, 40 years, and then you cash out at the end. But, no, I mean, I found, I just, I liked, I liked the stories. I liked everything about it. I liked that Fallen he finally convinced the guy, which made sense, because I'm like, I feel bad for this guy's family, because they're never going to know what happened to their son. Yeah. You know, they expect him to come home on this ship, and then this other guy walks off. Obviously, they're not going to know who he is and never see their son, and try to figure out what happened to him. So yeah, I'm I'm glad he he wised up and and went back. You know, I mean, I don't blame him. I really don't, because I mean, I don't know if I could handle being in a war. Uh, I would no. never enlist, and uh, you know, most probably most of these guys didn't either. They were all drafted. But yeah, so so I, I enjoyed the story. I was very sympathetic to the main character or to the guy, and I'm glad that Follow McKay he was able to step up and and help him out. What did you think yeah. of this episode? Uh, well, I gave it a seven. Okay, out of ten. That's not bad. Yeah, and not because it's a not because it's like not worthy of anything higher. I just it, it's. You've said everything. I don't need to say anything. <laughs> all, all the things you've said, uh, you've said perfectly, yeah. you know, perfectly, perfectly well. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I, I do. I think the Dear John letter is the episode, is part of this episode I really like. Uh, yeah. The other bit with the guilty soul, I don't think he's guilty at all. He's, he doesn't. He doesn't come across as feeling guilty about it. Um, it's not until the very end where he's almost kind of persuaded by Father Mulcahy uh-huh. by reading out the you know the letters and all this kind of stuff. Is that he starts to think about it? But up until then, he has no intention whatsoever. There's not yeah, a guilty thing in him at yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's only because of um, uh, Father Mulcahy kind of like doing that. Really, which was like the, almost like the last resort of embarrassing him. Uh-huh. He, he changed his mind, that, and that's really about that's really about it. Really, I can't. I literally can't say any more about it because you've said everything. Yeah. Um, my favorite bit is the the bit with the photographs at the end, and I like that. It's a good good way to deal with it all. Um, it's it's again, it's it's just a, a, a nice little episode, you know. Yeah. And sometimes you, you like that. You like a nice little episode that doesn't make you think too much, and this is yep. one of them. Yep. Cool. Father, will you hear my confession? Of course. Many non-Catholics have uh, unburdened themselves to me. Aren't you going to wear your stuff? Well, you you understand this is rather uh, informal. You're not a Catholic. Oh, Father, please. I really appreciate it if you wore your stole. Oh, very well. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been one month since my last confession. You've confessed before. Father, please, please just let me say it straight through, okay? Certainly, my son. Night before last, me and my buddies went out on patrol. It was real dark. We got lost. All of a sudden, there was shooting from all sides. That's how I got hit in the leg. My buddies got killed. The Reds came out of the woods to see if they got us. One of them even kicked me in the head, but I, I didn't move. I guess I fooled them. Because they left. All the time I was laying there, I swore to myself that if I ever got out of that alive, there would be no way, there's no way that I'd ever go back to the fighting. That was a terrifying experience. But you mustn't reproach yourself for being afraid, Josh. It's Josh Levin. It was one of my buddies who got killed that night. He was going home in just two weeks. I took his dog tags and his discharge orders. Oh. My name is Gerald Mullen. Let's see. IMDb actually gave it a 7.7, which is it just oh, blows my mind because they like this better than the premiere episode of season 10. Which yeah. I thought the premiere episode was better than this episode, but it's just it's weird what the, what the IMDb crowd enjoys you know plus we I, you mm. know on imdb you don't know how many people voted for it so it, you know exactly and people could have just voted for the first episode and not vote for the second episode True. and they compile them together so True. it's you know yeah so it's yeah but uh seven seven point seven is not bad so yeah it's it's still you know it's still very good right yeah it's, it's bigger than mine and, and bigger than yours so. <laughs> yeah i must say this is the most unusual confession i've ever heard you understand why i did it father Oh, yes, I understand perfectly. Aren't you going to give me penance to do? Well, first, I'd like to know when you plan to end this masquerade. Never. I'm getting out of here alive. That's something we all want. Are you going to give me penance to do or not? Well, that wouldn't be uh, appropriate. I can't absolve you of a sin. You have no intention of stopping. What do you mean, sin? Is it a sin to want to stop killing people? Of course not. But your actions are sinful. They include 
Lying and deception. What difference does it make? I'm not hurting anybody. But what about yourself? Why, if you succeed in this charade, you will virtually strip yourself of all identity. You can be neither Levin nor Mullen. Oh, well, first things first. Whoever I'll be, at least I'll be alive. But what kind of life will it be? Listen, I didn't ask you here for an argument. I want forgiveness. My son, I wish I could give it. But how can I? You're virtually unrepentant. Behind the scenes now, uh, this is the directorial debut of David Ogden Stiers. Which is cool. I had no idea that he directed episodes of MASH, so... No, I think I did, happy. but I didn't know. I didn't know this was his first one, so yeah. that's good to see. Yeah. Uh, in this episode, shot in '81, Klinger is clearly using a mag light flashlight. That light wasn't introduced to the market until '79, and therefore wasn't around in the Korean War when it took place in '50 to '53. Uh, it's again, it's that comic routine going on. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, we have a con- oh look, I've got the continuity. Continuity here again. Uh, when Mulcahy is trying to convince Mullen that his actions are wrong, Mullen's head is tilted backward in one camera angle and straight up in the other. It's another one of those head rolling yeah, moments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It is hard to do that. Yeah. Mathis laughs at the letter with pictures that Hawkeye composed for him and suggests that they send it postage due. But all joking aside, that may not have been possible. First of all, soldiers weren't required to add postage to send mail during the Korean War conflict as they would have to go into town with a mailbox or a post office. And even then, it may not have been possible depending on South Korean postal regulations. Oh, okay. So that's cool. I didn't know the that soldiers didn't have to do postage. Which makes sense. Yeah, I suppose it'd just be thrown on a US plane, wouldn't yeah. it? Sent over there yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, Father says, I saw The Jazz Singer, and that movie came out in 1927. Just remember, put something away before they put you away. You know, you're really profound. Oh, charming. There's Kelly on the bed of rice. If you, uh, excuse me, uh, Corporal, do you think you could find time in your busy schedule for an examination? Oh, hey, no problem, Doc. No. Now don't go far, and do yourself a favor, read this. I will. Having trouble keeping up with the Dow Joneses? Yeah. Oh, I'm doing okay, I guess. It's just tough selling to some of these guys when they're unconscious. Yeah, I, I could well imagine. Yeah, please. Thank you. Oh, dear. What is it? I was afraid of that. Of what? Well, it's rather difficult to explain. Do you know anything about anatomy? No. It's your latricium. The latricium subversus, to be specific. What's that? Well, it's an arterial connection between the vocal cords and the shoulder blade. It's uh, in spasm. I can see it grating. Wait a minute, my vocal cords? Oh, don't worry. The chances that you lose your power of speech are one in 200. Hey, my voice is my life. My career depends on it. There's got to be something I can do. Now that you mention it, there is one thing, but it's rather strong medicine. Name it, I'll do it. Well, you would have to go 24 to 48 hours without speaking. That would relax the latricium and take the stress off the shoulder blade, thereby easing the spasm up. Do you think you could do that? Of course, of course. It's my job. It's the only thing I could... Wise lad, you catch on fast. All right, trivia time. Last episode's question was, in Season 7, Episode 23, titled A Night at Rosie's, the gang decided to stay at Rosie's and turn it into their own sovereign nation. What name did they choose for their country? 
And of course, the answer: Rosyland. Of course. Rosyland. And <laughs> uh, this episode's trivia question: In the episode where Winchester is married, what was his wife's name? Do you remember that? Okay. Yep. Oh, I don't. I didn't. I didn't. I had to look this up. Oh, well, Anyways, yeah. go ahead and send your answer to mash four zero seven seven podcast at gmail dot com. Corporal Levin. Oh, I thought well. It's almost time for you to go home, isn't it? Yeah, tomorrow. Huh. I brought something for you. What is it? I had your mail forwarded. It would be a shame for you to go home without it. This is Levin's mail. You are Corporal Levin, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Well, there's one here from your father and. One from your sister, I suppose, and this one that says S W A K is probably from your girlfriend. I don't want to do this. Well, I understand. You're tired. Why don't I read them to you? Dear Joshua, thanks for the gifts you sent from Tokyo. I use the samurai sword letter opener all the time, and your mother is crazy about the kimono. She looks like a regular Anna May Wong. Your uncle Marvin got so excited you were coming home that he gave us four quarts of free paint to redo your room, and we can't wait until you're in it. There's lots more to say, but I'll save it for when you come home. You know how your mother worries, but I told her she'll see for herself when you come down the gangplank. We're counting the days. Love, Papa. Well, shall I read the one from your girlfriend? No. You said once that your actions were affecting nobody but yourself, but these people will be waiting for Joshua Levin to come down the gangplank, and he won't, and they'll never even know where he is or what became of him. You can find Mash Four O Seven Seven podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at Mash Four O Seven Seven Podcast. You can find me Kenny at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching Facebook.com/slash/Mash Four O Seven Seven Podcast, or just type in Mash Four O Seven Seven Podcast in the search, and our page will come up. If you have any questions or comments, or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to Mash 4077 Podcast all over the interwebs. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I think I like this a little bit more than you, but it seems the audience liked mm-hmm. it more than both of us. So, yeah. <laughs> who knows? It was. I think it was again. It was a good episode of Mash. So, yeah, can't complain. All right. Well, I'm Kenny, and I'm Simon, and we'll be seeing you. Okay, your pictures are ready, Mantis. What pictures? These pictures. Who are these? They're women. All kinds of women: tall ones, short ones, blondes, brunettes. Except for the letter to your girlfriend. I ain't writing her no letter. We thought you might feel that way, so we took the liberty of composing one for you. See if we caught your style. Dear Gloria, congratulations on your engagement. I know your fiancé's enormous wealth and power will make you happy. I would never stand in your way. And as you requested, I am returning your picture. 
Since I cannot remember what you look like, I'm not sure which one is yours. Please pick it out and return the rest to me. Yours truly, et cetera, et cetera. Ready for your signature. If you have no objection. Yeah, I got a great idea. Let's send it postage due. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, MASH fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast. And we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world. So if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio... Or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com and we would be honoured if you would join us. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. MASH 4077 Podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved. Thank you.